Hello, and welcome to the Agony Cast, where we improve culture through friendly competition. And our contestants this episode are... I'm Lars. I'm the topless woman outside John's window. I'm John. I'm the guy looking at Lars through my window. I'm Jeremy, the first Robin of springtime. And I'm glad that we're all here together. It's a, uh, it's a, three, it's a threesome this time. Uh, so we'll keep things nice and, uh, and cash. Um, we'll keep the, uh, the humidity up. And we'll keep the, uh, the good times flowing. Uh, long-time listeners will know that uh, the first part of our game is the two-minute win-it round. Two-minute win-it. This is where a robot talks. Two-minute win-it. Wherein uh, each one of us will get an uninterrupted two minutes to respond to a previously determined prompt. Uh, it's a real dud this time. Thanks a lot, Lars. Uh, it was, uh, what child's entertainer is secretly framing Bill Cosby? And Lars, uh, it looks like you've got the albatross around your neck, so you just kick it, kick it off for us. Full disclosure, I chose this two-minute-to-win-a-topic not as a joke, actually, but because I was contacted by Bill Cosby and asked to read a letter he sent to me in defense of himself. Now, I have no reason to believe Cosby, and I stand with the woman who accused him of sexual abuse. I mean, more than 50 women at this point. This man is likely a monster, and I will understand people being uncomfortable with hearing his words on our podcast, which is supposedly a comedy venue. So why read them? Well, it is true, however, that most of us are familiar with how Cosby has been tried in the court of public opinion, and so I was willing to hear his side of the story. Now, a quick note. Reading Cosby's own words, it would be easy to do an impression of Bill Cosby. You know, like a, a zip-zap-zooly-jello-pudding-ball. But I don't think that's in keeping with the seriousness of the situation. So I'm just going to read it in my own natural Midwestern accent. So here's the letter I received from Bill Cosby. Dear Lars, thank you for your recent letter to me about how much you respect me and how much you love Jell-O pudding. Quick side note, I do not remember writing such a letter. I too love Jell-O pudding, especially the way it touches your lips, and it's so delicious, and the pudding, and a ball. (laughs) Anyway, about my legal situation. It was not me who did these heinous crimes. I deny them up and down. Bah. No one is listening to my side. It's like chocolate cake. Eggs. Eggs are in chocolate cake. And milk. Oh, goody. And wheat. That's nutrition. You can't leave these things out when you're making chocolate cake. Now, the American public isn't listening to my side of the story, and that's like leaving the eggs out of chocolate cake. You can't leave eggs out and still have chocolate cake. A ball. Culture is not great. Not give us a chocolate cake. And pudding and a ball. Who do I think is framing me for these crimes? I have two suspects. First one on the list is a LeVar Burton. A ball. 
I have been teaching children how to read with picture pages for over 30 years, and LeVar Burton was always jealous of my teaching skills and the entertaining I would do with the teaching and the jello and the pudding a ball. Sometimes I would be teaching... (laughs) It's my protein drink. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes I would be teaching a child how to read, and the child would look up at me with its eyes, and it would say, Oh, Mr. Cosby, you're so great. And I would be charmed by the little child with the eyes and the ball. Then LeVar Burton would run up and yell, Hey, I'm a better teacher than him, but don't take my word for it. And then he'd grab the child away and start bouncing the little child on his lap and a reading, and the child would start a crying and a ball. Eventually, he saw me teach so many children that he stabbed his own eyes out, which is why he has to wear the visor in the space with the ships and the pudding and and a ball. But my primary suspect is Mortimer Ichabod Marker. You know, Mortimer, a ball... Mortimer was my trusted si- trusty sidekick throughout my picture pages days, but I knew he resented me from all the money and the pudding and the ball. I had complete control over him, but he had no control over me, a ball. I can still see his frozen smile taunting me as I tried to connect the dots on the pages with the drawings and the ball. Ask him yourself if he has any resentments with me, a ball. Sincerely, Bill Cosby, Prince of Gelatin and Laughter and a ball. Now, I, I think I still have just a few seconds. So I'm, I'm, I actually did briefly uh, interview um, Mortimer Ichabod with these questions. Um, and so I'm just going to, I'm just going to play a, a brief quick, uh, quick clip. So, um, so Mortimer, um, is it true that you resented um, Bill Cosby's success? It sounds like Beaker. Okay, that's very interesting. Now, did you have any sense when you were working together that he may have been taking advantage of women? This isn't going to get old. That's my time. (laughs) All right. Powerful, powerful beeps. That was a, a surprise. I didn't think we'd actually hear from the man himself. Lars, what was your take on his mood and his uh, his candor and his musk? Well, I mean, he seemed upbeat with the jello and the pudding and the ball. Fair enough. John, are you still there? Maybe he's not. John, are you still there? <laughs> Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> well played. <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, I was asking if you were still there and what your thoughts were on Lars's response. Well... I feel like um, since it's directly from Cosby himself that uh, you're going to get some misinformation. And I always thought this kind of went back further uh, towards, you know, the electric company days with Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. And Morgan Freeman was up for that picture pages deal. You know what I mean? So he harbored resentment that when uh, the eighties came rolling around and Morgan Freeman's career was actually taken off and he was doing things like, you know, that uh, what was the one where he was the principal and take no stand by me stand by me yeah stand by me uh driving miss daisy uh what was bill cosby doing ghost dad leonard part six (laughs) a series of awkward rapes 
And uh, it was it was actually uh, Morgan Freeman that convinced him to skip the first five Leonard parts and go directly to part six. <laughs> he thought that he could do some sort of Star Wars prequel thing later and fill in the gaps. But now that technology has caught up, he's, of course, very, very old and rapey. Yeah. Now we know what part Leonard has, right? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. It's counting from top to bottom, I bet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one, one through nine. It does seem that Picture Pages is the uh, hub of this wheel. Yeah. Time is a flat picture page. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, I think uh, Lars has given us a lot to chew on. Uh, John, did you want to uh, go ahead and give the uh, listener your response now? Um, he actually uh, took my response. My response was going to be Picture Pages with the Morgan Freeman tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see this LeVar, LeVar Burton thing, you know, and of course, coming directly from Bill Cosby, it's, uh, I think it's lies. I think it's all lies. Which part? Just that it would be LeVar Burton. I mean, the timeline doesn't add up. Yeah. Yeah, what was LeVar Burton doing in those days, I guess? Maybe just he was like Kunta Kinte, wasn't he? He's in the cage. So how could he have escaped and done anything? Indeed. Wait. Oh, no, I'm thinking Ben Vereen. Yeah, that's going to hit the cutting room floor, by the way. <laughs> Awkward rapes is going to remain in there. That might stay. (laughs) All right, well, then I guess it's my turn. And really, uh, we all seem to be orbiting the same sort of theme here. Uh, My response is this. It's Steve from Blue's Clues. Mm. No, I mean, I could play along with you if you want and spin some yarn about how Morgan Freeman flipped Steve on the Yo Gabba Gabba movie set because of a beef with Cosby that went back to their electric company days. I don't know, or maybe Cosby uh, froze Steve out of juicy uh, kickbacks on Jello pudding pops and Coke endorsements, right? I could say that. Um, I suspect director Paul Weiland wanted revenge on Cosby after his career was emasculated by Leonard Part Six, mm. and for the same reason, we might as well throw Sidney fucking Poitier in there. <laughs> he directed Ghost Dad. That's the truth. He directed wow. Ghost Dad. Wow. But all this is really a distraction. Let's leave aside the fact that although I believe in the rule of law and the presumption of innocence, this guy is clearly an indefensible dirtbag, right? Excuse me, but look at all the good he did. So what, right? So what? Good and bad aren't sides of a scale that produce some kind of unified number, right? You can do altruistic good and staggering evil. Look at someone like Joe Paterno, who made a lot of upstanding citizens while turning a blind eye to molestation repeatedly. Um, Or even someone like Mother Teresa, right? Who's Mother Teresa, but also upheld colonialism, also venerated suffering to the degree of uh, apparently withholding palliative care from some of her charges. I heard that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's true, but it still makes my point. So, um, But the question here raises an important concern for me. Is there nothing from our childhood that remains unpolluted? <laughs> it seems like part of aging is that everything you cherish turns to ash. I can't go a week now, not a week, without learning that Ebenezer T. Squint was arrested for stalking Aurelia or Bagpuss used to follow the mice on the mouse organ into the toilet. I sure hope we never discover something awful about Mr. Rogers, because I just don't think I can take it. So really, I mean, I've got some time left, but I'm going to take the unprecedented step of waving my time (laughs) to ask you guys, what childhood role models are even left to us anymore? Is there anyone who's still good and decent? Uh, Mark Singer, the Beastmaster, remains unspoiled. (laughs) That's true. However, Kodo and Podo were both smut peddlers. (laughs) Was that their name? Kodo and Podo? Got it. You got it. 
What about what about Mark Summers from uh, you, you know uh, Double Dare, etc.? He has OCD, some sort of maniac, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, as we know, OCD leads you to uh, heinous just, crimes. Yeah. Well, you know, the bottling of the urine, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> yeah, some sort of maniac. The Mark Summers story. My struggle with OCD. Sounds it's familiar. perfectly legitimate to equate spending hours straightening out the fringe on your throw rug with multiple rapes. <laughs> You know, by the way, this whole episode really reeks of lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're the one who got us into this. <laughs> yeah. It was well. a bad idea. Yeah, I don't, let's see, who else is there? So Mark Summers, I mean, he's got OCD. Uh, he also recently wrote about um, a fight he had on The Tonight Show with Burt Reynolds. I mean, I guess if that's as bad as it gets, that's okay. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know that. Maybe Burt Reynolds himself? Yeah, I guess if you start dirty, you end dirty, and no one's surprised. Yeah. What kind of shit was Dom DeLuise into? <laughs> Food addict. <laughs> Man, that guy really got by with just the one accent for his entire career, huh? Just a horse laugh. That's all you need. <laughs> do, do we still have that? That thing where a personality will just interrupt the proceedings of any show that they're in? You know, I mean, for Dom DeLuise, it was... You know the Muppet movie, and uh, well, it's, he was in, he was a cat in was it the Great Mouse Detective or uh, you know? Well, what are you thinking Bible? here? Like a like a Rip Taylor or someone who yeah, runs in <laughs> I mean, I guess Pee Wee I think is the closest we have, but sort of the out of time, you know, character person. Hmm. I don't know if that's I, th- I don't think we're as willing to break narrative, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Speaking of Pee-wee, isn't the um, public masturbating kind of quaint now? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was until the child pornography. Oh. Did he do child pornography? Yeah. Well, he collected so. it under the under what he defended as historical archiving. Yikes. I was not aware of that. Boy, this got dark. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Lars. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for going Lewis Carroll on us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a real Lewis Carroll. I mean, they're really, you know, and I think, you know, uh, the, you know, does John Waters is he actually the cleanest member of our culture? Right. I mean, especially now that they found out that all of the uh, what all of the uh, heads of the Clinton censure Monica Lewinsky thing have all been you know involved in sex scandals. Is that true? Yep. From Gingrich wow. to uh, Hastert, obviously to yeah the other guy who resigned because of the scandal. What did Gingrich do? Gingrich also had an affair. And he uh, didn't he dump his dying wife to marry someone mm. else, or is that a different sleazy politician? I think that was a different one. Was that Edwards? Edwards, he did it yes. also. And I think um, Lance Armstrong. I don't know if his wife was dying, but he definitely left her for Cheryl Crow. Yeah, and I remember his comments on the Monica Lewinsky investigation. They're as trenchant today as they were back then. Uh, Gingrich? No, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I remember he said, I may only have one ball, but I'm sure that this was sex. <laughs> he, said, he said, and now if you'll excuse me, I must ride my bike. Yeah. And choke myself a little because I'm into that too. Why not? <laughs> well, I guess that was a shorter than usual uh, two-minute win it, and most of it's going to be edited out anyway. <laughs> Welcome to our first 30 seconds. Two-minute It's just me with the Cosby impression. I mean, that would we could all do our Cosby impressions. I don't know if that was what this was all leading to. I'd rather not. It's just going to end up on the cutting room floor again. Yeah, that's right. That's a good idea. 
Well, mine just ends up being like Eddie Murphy's impression of Bill right. Cosby. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since we've got a new uh, uh, friend here on the podcast, um, I thought before we get to the rest of the game, we would uh, introduce ourselves a little bit to the listener. And we'll keep things cash. So I thought maybe we could all talk a little bit about um, a movie that you enjoy that no one else seems to enjoy. And since I'm springing you on or springing this on you guys, um, I'll go ahead and go first. Now, I think the obvious choice, if you know anything about me, would be Cabin Boy. The uh, excuse me, the movie I have on VHS starring Chris Elliott, David Letterman's in there. I think Adam Resnick may have uh, yeah, directed. directed it. Yeah. Um, sorry for the voice modulation. I've been drinking. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a notorious flop, although to me it's startling, startling in rewatching it, which was tricky to do. Again, it's on VHS. Um, how much of the language of that movie and its mindset has sort of seeped into my quotidian life? Huh. Yeah. So that's a choice. Um, I'm not going to go with that, though. Um, another option would be um, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, right? Now, the one filmed in a backyard somewhere. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Is that true also? Is that Roddy McDowell's backyard? It looks like it. <laughs> um, you know, just about every of the... Every one of the other Planet of the Apes movies is better, I suppose. No, not the third one. That one's weird. Um, but I like the uh, the last one there, in part because it does seem like it's shot in someone's backyard. There is a battle bus in it, which is always a nice touch. Um, was that a predecessor to the Bang Bus? <laughs> it was the Monkey Bang Bus, I guess, although it was driven by humans. Of course. Well, they, they're the ones who profit. That's the M. Night Shyamalan-style twist. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of a fun romp. I enjoy it probably, I don't know, third best in that series of five. And that's not too bad, you know? So you're going to put Escape at the end? Yeah, yeah. And what's four? Rise? Conquest. Conquest, yeah. That one's got its moments, too. I mean, it uh, its set design makes me uh, think of Gattaca. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a plus, I suppose. Was it the end of uh, Escape that puts you off of it? Or is it just kind of the whole uh, fish-out-of-water comic? Yeah, I want to see these fucking monkeys in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Or wherever they were. It was actually California, wasn't it? I think it was California. Yeah, I've been paying attention. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's an option, but I'm not going to go with that either. Uh, The one I'm actually going to choose, and this is a heartfelt sentiment, just like my previous pick of Avril Lavigne, um, is Joe versus the Volcano. Mm, now, see, this one actually is kind of a good pick because unlike the other two, you know, it's not um, what sometimes is called psychotronic, right? It's not kind of schlock or, you know, low-budget, goofy crap. You know, that was supposed to be like a big mainstream hit. It had uh, Thomas Hanks, of course, and um, uh, Meg Ryan in multiple roles. And it's an un- unusual movie. I think in order to appreciate that movie, you have to be, like me, a serious hypochondriac to even get what's going on in there. So that's going to be my pick, is the uh, um, the Thomas Hanks, Meg Ryan vehicle, Joe versus the Volcano. Yeah, uh, not a guilty pleasure, whatever that means, but a movie I enjoy that other people just don't. That's great. Uh, yeah, I think I would. Uh, I can offer a similar... Uh similar sentiment um for me i think the uh 
Josie and the Pussycats movie, of course, is uh, over an overlooked gem. Um, you know, uh, it seems as though people don't appreciate it, but on the other hand, it's directed by the same husband, directed and, and I believe written by the same husband and wife team that also brought us Can't Hardly Wait. And so I think eventually Josie and the Pussycats time will eventually come. Uh, mm -hmm. Similarly, the film Slackers from um, 2002 uh, is, uh, you know, also overlooked, also insane, um, about a group of um, college students who tend to sort of cheat their way through things. But um, it was a launching pad for a lot of uh, great talent. Devin Sawa is in it. I guess he was kind of on the decline. Again, 2002, Jason Siegel is in it. Um, Pete from... You know, the elder Pete from Pete and Pete, Michael C. Marona. Oh, um, yeah. Jason That's, Schwartzman is in it. Uh, Go on, sorry. I was, uh, you know, because Pete, elder Pete eventually went behind the camera. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was one of his few non-Pete acting roles. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Jason Schwartzman appears, Jamie King, Jim Rash, Nat Faxon, um, Retta. Yeah, so I think, again, also wow. even with Slackers, I think that that movie's eventually... You know, I, I think that that time will come. So for me, uh, the movie that I like that nobody else likes is the 2006 film Stick It, about a rebellious gymnast um, played by uh, Missy Peregrine, um, who, uh, who you know, begins as sort of a, a dirt biker, then gradually makes her way. Oh, no, actually, I think she's always been a gymnast. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a, like Josie and the Pussycats. It was created and i think you know it's for sort of you know teen girls so uh, as my sister watched it i would watch it with her uh and i got a lot of joy out of just yelling stick it at people because um, that's that's fun to do on the street or uh you know or in a bus um but uh but yeah you know stick it uh is is great in fact to to, to give it away so it's, it's these serious gymnasts um you know getting through life as uh, as teenage girls but then at the end they decide to throw a major gymnastics competition in protest, and that's the end of the film. They, huh. you know, they they uh, they do things that break the rules, and then that's it. There's no positive. There's no comeuppance. There's just sort of this, you know, sense of how ridiculous that uh, comp competition is. And by breaking that traditional, you know, uh, way of uh, of being, it actually ends up being really interesting. Plus, the primary coach is played by Jeff Bridges. Which is always a nice, uh, you know, a nice thing to see. Weird. Yeah. So now it, it's not well received. I thought it, it, or is it viewed as sort of just a knockoff of other things like Bring It On? And... Yeah, that's my sense. I mean, what I'm on, uh, you know, IMDb. It's getting a six point four stars, but I'm assuming with Metacritic, it's pretty. Yeah, see, it's not even coming now. Fifty three percent on on uh, Metacritic. So. I wonder if now at the end there, does it somehow devalue the pursuit of gymnastics? Is that what you're saying? As though at some point in what are those awful, where they sing the chorus ones? What are those? High school musical? No, even fucking stupider. Glee? Yep, no. They're movies, dude. <laughs> High school glee? Um, what's the, uh, okay, yeah, so there's. Uh, it's got Anna Kendrick in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, yeah what's that? Bring it We're on <laughs> Shut up and uh... <laughs> bring it on. The bring it on singers, I think, is what you're thinking about. <laughs> no, Stick the it fucking to acapella the movie. For yeah, God yeah, yeah. Sake. No, it's it's right on the tip of my tongue. Pitch perfect. There you go. Now I lost my train of thought. No, yeah. It, does it devalue the sport? Right, itself? because I, it's it's not as though at the end of that. I think the idea is it's not making fun of acapella, right? right. 
is this gymnastics movie making fun of <laughs> Well, it does make fun of acapella. I'll, you know, I'll have to rewatch it. I'll have to see if my sister still has the VHS. Hmm. Interesting. And, and um, I'm, I'm always kind of a fan of the movie that um, has that weird, non-satisfying ending. I mean, yep. Teen Witch jumps to mind here. Yes. Where the lesson of Teen Witch is go ahead and enchant the popular boy (laughs) and screw off your friends. They don't matter because at the end you're going to kiss him and there will be no resolution. You will not come to the realization that, oh, no, the magic was in me all the time and, you know, uh, friends are are what's important. No, just use magic to get what you want and the other people can just stay in their shit. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, that literally ends on them just at the dance having a good time and the fucking credits roll, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, and there's there's uh, she's doesn't make up with her um, top that friend. Um, she uh, she doesn't renounce magic. Nothing like that. No. It's a chilling, chilling ending. <laughs> uh, John, uh, I might restrict you on this question to just shit you had on Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that that uh, toughens it a bit. Well, you know, I'd never know. Well, uh, one of the movies that I've always kind of uh, championed that has never needed championing is uh, Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. A lot of people regard it as the weakest. I mean, outside of, of course, uh, the Crystal Skull, that last mm. abomination. Which doesn't really count. Yeah. But uh, even with kind of the uh, weird racial overtones and uh, nonsense with the still beating hearts being ripped out, I think it... Uh, is the second best. I would say that those movies go in a descending order from right. best to worst. Is that Raul Julia in that part, or am I being xenophobic? <laughs> yeah. I think you're thinking of M. Bison. <laughs> <laughs> right, that was his last part before he died. Yeah. Um, the dude who played Molaram, um, I- I've looked this up before because he, he, I think he was an Indian actor, like yeah. well-known, but um, not known for much in the West other than Molaram. Was he finished after that? I don't I, He probably did more crap. Jesus, it's not like we're not on the internet here. Someone look this up. <laughs> Last thing, 2009, despite the fact that he died in 2005. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, he was in good with Kali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was actually a documentary, know, right? Temple the, of Doom? The documentary Temple of Doom. <laughs> Man, Jesus, God, he was in a lot of movies. Yeah, 295 credits. I think he appeared... In uh, somebody on the moth or you know this American life and that kind of early golden days of podcasts where somebody had to work with him and they were vastly underqualified, but I can't remember who that who that was. <laughs> Do we just get passed from a ship in Blade Runner? Yeah, that was a choo choo. That was a choo choo. <laughs> That's true. I think the replicants are coming for us. A couple of, a couple of skin jobs on the loose. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I wonder what I mean. So John, do you think if if you had a direct line to Spielberg, because now they're making the 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 newest Indiana Jones, right? I mean, what's next? What do they have to watch out for in the fifth one? <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Deckard. <laughs> is, uh, is, is, are they wheeling uh, Harrison Ford out for that one? Yeah, or is that course. the reboot with like no, I don't uh, Shia LaBeouf? So. Oh no, I don't think Shia. I think Shia is dead to them. I think it's kind of the Mr. Ed treatment where they've got Harrison Ford, but to make him do lines, they got to put peanut butter under his tongue. <laughs> well, I think with uh, the Crystal Skull, they left a lot of things unanswered, right? I don't know. Did he ever pay the? I didn't see it. Um, I there were aliens and shit. 
Right, that's right. That does open a, bu- a can of worms, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, I assume that, um, you know, what's her name was a dominatrix, right? I didn't watch it, but did he ever pay her, you know, the uh, <laughs> the female antagonist? Uh, oh, antagonist, not Karen Allen. No. Oh, no, no. I mean, she could... Uh, that sounds great. She got awesome. a little freaky, too, though, actually. <laughs> Well, the Aliens does kind of open a can of worms, but keep in mind that the first one had God in it as a character. Right. <laughs> Let's just keep that in mind. And what are we going to make? I mean, does that... So they defeat God with bureaucracy at the end, right? Pretty much. And archiving? That in Top Men. <laughs> Why do you think that movie works so good? Raiders, uh, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I guess because it's it's a romp, you know? Yeah. It kind of set up a lot of um, scenes we think of now, right? I mean, we're introduced to the, to, yeah, no, I can't remember her name either. Yeah, to Karen Allen, right? When she's in the drinking contest, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that's so, yeah, I think it's just. Marion, Marion uh, Ravenwood. Yeah, I mean, it's so dense with, you know. It's off the dome. Yeah, that's good. I mean, there's the scene with the, uh, right, where they have to find the thing with the sunlight and the prism. Yeah. All right, anyone else get any other movies, or should we uh, put the lipstick on this pig? <laughs> Give her a kiss. I, All right. the, I feel like there must be something, but I can't. No, I can't. Yeah, not offhand. Well, if you do think of something, email me privately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our speed round. And this, again, is where a robot talks. Speed round. Okay, so it looks like um, uh, for our speed round, which, as our listeners know... That is the round where we uh, have impromptu responses to uh, randomly determined prompts. Looks like our first one this time is the newest Domino's menu item. (laughs) So what are some new Domino's menu items? What's a turducken for pizza, breadsticks, and pasta? (laughs) I think that's called hate box with three Punish yourself. Hate box. Um, I think they're going to get uh, bread stuffed crust. Mm. It's a different bread. Just the, cr- just the crust, and it's just a crust. Crust stuffed crust. <laughs> just crust. It's got apostrophes in it. J-U-S apostrophe, C-R-S-T apostrophe. Crest stuffed crust. You don't even have to brush your teeth. It's just the, you know. Why not crust stuffed with little calzones? Mm. Sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah. Maybe pizza roll stuffed crust? <laughs> uh, speaking of Domino's, what's the deal with their little ovens on wheels? What's I, the... that, I keep seeing those commercials in uh, my periphery where I don't really know if it's just a gimmick. When you say when you say your periphery, do you mean you see them out of your corner of your eye and then you, you move and then they're gone? <laughs> you try to focus on them and, and they've exactly. already Exactly. I wake up screaming. <laughs> I just Googled ovens stuffed crust. Do you think that that'll help? I think you're now on a uh, watch list. That's what I, think. Um, I don't know what's going on with those. I think another menu item might be dough poppums. <laughs> I think they're also going to start selling just an oily plastic bag filled with dough and pepperoni. <laughs> the, the advertising campaign just got to be a guy saying, eat it, you fuck. You fucking eat this. Go ahead, put the loops over your ears, you goddamn pig. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's the, there's that old classic SNL bit that has the uh, yeah the feed bag for the man on the go. So I think the Domino's feed bag is must just just be over the horizon. It is curious though, putting ovens on wheels skittering around town. I'm assuming that's a gimmick, but I still want to see it in action. I haven't seen it. Are they skittering around town like those uh, you know lizards who jump on the water? It's like a, one of those little um, cars, the electric ones. You know those in the oven. The doors open kind of like a DeLorean. Electric oven, it's so nice. (laughs) I mean, at what point are they just trying to fuck with their drivers, right? I mean, that seems like... You know what this is? It's the drone version of the Wienermobile. We're we're inching creepily closer to a snow-crash-esque dystopia. Right. Yeah, does the oven on wheels deliver information? Oh, I think there's a human being in it. (laughs) <laughs> in the oven? Are they the drivers as they go? Yeah, that's, that's the ad campaign. You eat it, you fuck, and just like, uh, yeah, fucking die. Die. Oh, boy. Well, I think we've exhausted that, uh, that, that comedy vein. Boy, I could use a pick-me-up. Does anyone want some dominoes? <laughs> so our next... Uh, prompt here is third tier members of the Justice League of America. Boy, that's timely. Uh, you know, there's uh, all these comic book movies coming out. <laughs> Tell so, us more about that, Jeremy. <laughs> as long as you have absolutely no follow up questions, I'm fairly sure that's a truism. <laughs> Let's turn to the question at hand. What are some third tier members of the Justice League of America? God, Jesus, probably most of them. Yeah. Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Uh, Flash, like all of them are one note. Runs fast. She's a woman. Talks to fish. <laughs> That's her pal. <laughs> Wait, is this is this some wing of DC that I'm not familiar with, where the names are just their ability? Like runs fast. I mean, that is <laughs> talks with talks with fish. Aquaman yeah. looks over like That's what I do. I don't understand. Um, Mara, right? I mean, uh, you know, the Aqua Woman. In that Justice League movie that's coming out, are they going to have the Wonder Twins and Gleek the Monkey? I sure hope so. I'm going to de- demand my money back if they don't. Is Gleek the Monkey the one who spits on people? I, I'm not familiar with this. He's kind of their sidekick. Oh, Space Monkey. They came from an era when you always had to have some kind of animal sidekick. What, yeah, what is it about society that they now we want protection in the form of a super being, but... At this point, at you know, at these times, I, they didn't they didn't need to rely on some, you know, post corporate savior to protect them. Now I think we're more interested in that. Yeah, that really makes you think. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they should have a um, a member of the Justice League based on recently departed and recently resurrected uh, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. Mm, being chased by the Marfa lights. Right. Um, maybe that's what happened, is the aliens took him up, patched him together, put him back down. Um, also, the his primary antagonist is Solomon Grundy. <laughs> this writes itself. <laughs> well, the... Um, yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, well, I mean, and that gives me two ideas. And one for a suicide squad that's so dysfunctional. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just beyond comprehension. I can't The literal Solomon. suicide squad? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Salomon Grundy. Yeah, I mean, they're getting each other to kill them, or they just, you know, they literally murder each other. Solomon Grundy would be, I think, a standout there. What's a superpower <laughs> that would be 
you know, useful now and that hasn't already been covered, you know? Tax return doing? Somebody who can always write the correct tweet. Being able to just look at a picture and, and make a GIF meme out of it? Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Knowing the words to popular songs? Yeah, I don't know. How about some fucking guy who flies or something? Yeah, flying is evergreen. Although, until the hover cars. And how about those these hoverboards? They're not... Uh, anyway. God, those things make me so sad. Well, and it's, you know, I, I don't know how much further they can get with uh, saying something is a beautiful dis- dream that we imagined in the past, but then having it actually have very little to do with that beautiful dream. You know, hoverboard. Oh, no, it's just like a... It just has wheels. It's a sideways skateboard where the battery will once in a while blow up and ejaculate hot acid all over you. Sold. You had me at ejaculate. <laughs> well, but also, but there are actual hoverboards, you guys. Now, have you seen those on the web? Well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Infowars. Lights hoverboard special. I think that the, uh, yeah, but I mean, the one requires like a, a billion dollars worth of magnets and an entirely metal system right is that the one you're thinking of yeah well that's realistic yeah well Well, yeah but baby baby steps here lars i mean rome wasn't built in a day hoverboards didn't learn to hover yeah i guess that's true how many goddamn (laughs) magnets is that a billion dollars worth two really powerful ones yeah well boy that that was a great series of third tier (laughs) members of the justice league of america magnet magnet man i think we got it maybe just mega man characters Riverboard, man. Let's turn to our third um, uh, topic here, which is what is Lana Del Rey so sad about? Ooh, why don't we take her down a peg? What is Lana Del Rey so sad about? I'm going to go out on a limb here, I think. Uh, they closed down her favorite Denny's. Yeah. You know what? Also, I mean, I know I'm, I'm just making a lot of comments on this show, but I think it's important. I mean, our show in the past has been accused of being, you know, too easy on women. And I'm glad we're answering this question. That's right. Oh, boy. Let's see. Summertime, right? Yeah, but I don't think the summertime is what gave her the sadness. Are you sure? I think something else happened. Was it crabs? Could be. Crabs are very common in the summer. Yeah. I love crabs. Is Dell her middle name? Maybe did she sell her name to a corporation like that was so popular in the nineties? I think that is not her actual um, birth certificate name, but you know I don't want to I don't want to make the birth certificate the touchstone of identity. Mm, thank you, Donald Trump. I mean, you know her performance on Saturday Night Live that was that was pretty critically sad. panned. Yes. When was that? Ah, eh, who knows? It was yeah you know, a few years ago. It was after the first album came out. Video games. I guess video games would be an answer, right? Of course, yes. And and the male obsession over them. Yeah. I think the fact that there's not a Trader Joe's in her area. Mm-hmm. And when she drives to one, they're always out of the dark cocoa almonds. That's the one, right? With the sea salt? Yeah. Or the car- yeah. Carab- carabino? Carabino sugar? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Might be turbinado. You know, it's strange. I had no idea what she looked like, uh, looked like but um, she's attractive. Uh, which isn't, I guess, that unusual. But she loves giant hats. Maybe the weight of her giant hats. (laughs) Maybe she's sad because she actually has a giant bald spot. Or the giant hats are causing her neck discomfort. Yeah. Right. Neck pain. Well, we should let her know that it's probably from the hats. What is her Twitter handle? (laughs) Let me just take care of that. 
I actually uh, know a third-tier member of the Justice League of America who can handle this for us. Is it at Giant Hats? Did you say at Vagina Hats? (laughs) (laughs) No, I might as well have. I think it might just be, John, I'm looking at the pictures. It might just be that one hat. Do you think she has multiple? Maybe there's a reason why she's sad. She keeps having to gussy up the same lid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you're right. Okay, there's a different hat. Oh, there's a different one. Okay. You re- the key is to Google Lana Del Rey giant hat. <laughs> That's where they get you. <laughs> well, since I know almost nothing about this person, I'm, I'm probably at the end of my rope here. Was this uh, was this one of Ryan's along with the um, you know the the shows of what's her name Shondaland? That's still on the list. <laughs> that might come up. So get ready, Bucko. That's a tease. It's definitely one we can handle with sensitivity and maturity. I think Lana Del Rey, I mean, her, her resemblance to Emma Watson, right? I think that that's something that would make somebody sad, being kind of a lesser version of someone else who already exists. Yeah, because now Emma Watson's cornered that market. Yeah. All right, well, I'm exhausted. Um, so that's probably it for the uh, speed round. You know what that means? It's time for the vote. Vote, 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 vote. Okay, so when there's just the three of us voting is always a hilarious challenge. I guess I'll go ahead and vote. Um, Lars, you were first up, so why don't you tell us who you thought won? Uh, You can include yourself if you want. Why not? Oh, yeah. I'll give it to John. I thought John did a great job. Okay, so that's one vote for John. John, who do you vote for? I'm voting for Lars. I mean, he actually got uh, an actual response from Bill Cosby. I think it opened my eyes to some of the inner workings of Hollywood operates behind closed doors. And uh, it explained the um, LeVar Burton goggles once and for all. Well, that's uh, my turn then. I'm going to vote for Steve from Blue's Clues. (laughs) I don't even know who this is. Is this something that you have to have kids to understand? I suppose. I don't know. (laughs) Jeez, the the television shows exist in the world, dude. (laughs) I'm in a bubble. I think Blues... No, no, okay, so now... Um, oh, shoot. So the show that had a bunch of indie musicians on it was Yo Gabba Gabba, but, did, but Blues Clues kind of before that had some indie cred, right? Yes, and... Because John... Had, well, Steve himself. Steve himself is an indie musician, and Steve was on the Yo Gabba Gabba movie. Oh. Was in. Hmm. As himself. Right, he's doing it. Good for Steve. Well, um, since there was no clear winner, since um, you know the outcome of this was as foggy as that of the Vietnam War, why don't we let <laughs> Lars choose our topic for next time? I feel you have to redeem yourself for the choice this time. Lars, what do you got? I think that's right. So, um, so I think that the topic for next time should be to um, discover once and for all who is blaming Bill Cosby. Um, <laughs> round two, but... Definitely make Nathaniel and Ryan do it this time. I think uh, I think that this idea of selecting a running mate for any of the current presidential candidates and explicating our decision, I think it's more timely than ever. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a strong one. So uh, next episode, we will all, whoever is attending, address that. Select a running mate for any of the current presidential candidates and explicate your decision. All right, we'll all look forward to that. And thank you, gents, for uh, coming on this wild roller coaster of emotion with me. I'll see you guys next time on the Agony Cast. Agony Cast.